they didn't really have a reference of hip hop and rap. Um, but the other the other day, like I was at home visiting my parents and I I heard um like 21 being played in my kitchen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, who who's playing this music? And I walked downstairs and my dad has uh, a lot by 21, like blasting on his laptop while he's cooking. I'm like, damn, dad, what? So I was asking and he's saying, because he listens to my music sometimes in the recommended, you know, so he'll listen to hip hop now because he's curious of like, he's still kind of building that sense of like, what is, what makes hip hop like? what's the different types of hip hop, yeah. why people like it, what makes it good. So he's kind of like delving into that now because of, I guess my career path, but it's pretty fun. I mean, that's dope. That's, that's super dope to be like, I mentioned, yeah. I'm just my dad, like 21 Savage or like that. <laughs> it was, it was fun. I do not miss. Hey, started from Cali and now I got bitches in Europe. They singing my shit. Remember it's never the critic who counts. That's just the way that it is. What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to another of my convos. Today joining us, another very special guest, rapper, artist, West. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate you for having me. Yeah. All right. Like I said, we got a special guest. Um, names has been buzzing. Been putting out a lot of music, a lot of good music and people seem to have been gravitating towards. So we definitely wanted to like sit down and talk to you about everything you got going on. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I mean, from the start, for people that maybe not that familiar with you, we always like kind of start from the beginning, like kind of touch on your background. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And like, how'd you first kind of start getting into music? Yeah. So, um, I was born in New York. I can't, I can't really claim it cause I moved over to the Bay area when I was like three years old. So I was born in New York, raised in the Bay area. Um, <clears throat> grew up there when it came time to go to college, moved down to LA, went to school in LA. Um, was on like a little bit of a different path at first, uh, you know, in something a little bit more realistic. Uh, after I ended up working for, you know, a year or so, I uh, I just really hated it. Uh, and yeah, so ended up, I mean, I've been doing music my whole life. I've been playing instruments, uh, guitar, piano, singing since I was a kid. And so it's always been my biggest passion, just never really thought like it was super realistic. So I guess yeah. it took me kind of getting to where I thought other people wanted me to get to uh, for me to realize that it didn't fulfill me a whole lot. So I ended up just saying, fuck it, I'm going to quit um, and just go for what I really want. So, so that was maybe about three years ago and here we are. So, okay. And I guess when you made that decision to like, all right, I'm done with this, I'm going to hop into music, like kind of what was like, I guess, family and friends, like response to that. Um. <clears throat> I mean, the only responses that I cared about were like my close, a few of my close like homies that I really consider my brothers and my family. And and like my family is without a doubt, like they're always super supportive. Like, of course, in the beginning, they were worried. <laughs> you got a son, just graduated school, got a, had, a, had a good job, a stable, you know, I come from an immigrant household. So yeah. a stable income. And then you're like, oh, mom and dad, I'm, I'm going to go be a rapper or a singer. <laughs> they're they're just a little like thrown off a little bit so the worry was there of course the concern was there as any good parent should be concerned i would be a little bit weirded out if they were like yeah just you know i I would if i had kids i'd be concerned as well but they were always supportive so i think me and my parents have a have a very trusting relationship so it was never that they 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 just trusted that i had my head screwed on straight and i kind of told them 
you know, within two years, this is, this is my business plan. This is what you should expect to see within this amount of time here. I, you know, showed them some of the music and stuff. So they were concerned, but supportive. Now, obviously they're my biggest fans in the world, my biggest supporters, my, my closest friends, when I first started, they were actually the ones that kind of like gave me a, an intervention for me to start the music. I should, I, you know, I, I had been recording and making music my whole life and really just showing them. And so every time they would hear uh, my songs, they would be like, why don't you do this? It's really good. You know, so eventually they they were the ones that kind of got that that ball rolling. Everyone else, I'm sure I'm sure people, you know, maybe made fun of it or didn't. Yeah. Didn't, didn't know what was going on, but I, I didn't care because those people don't really matter if they're not close to me. So, I mean, can I ask, like, what what were you, like, studying before and, like, what was your career path before you, like, hopped into to music? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I was um, I was in the consulting industry. I studied business economics. Okay. And so, um, business econ in college, and then um, I was in management consulting. So, okay. very different from what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess like coming up, like some who were like some of your biggest influences, like musically, that made you want to like do this full time. Um, well, people that I looked up to as a kid, like, um, I love Mob Deep. I love uh, underrated like, for sure. For sure, uh, Mob Deep. Obviously, I grew up in the in like the prime of Fifty Cent, Eminem, Lil Wayne when I was in high school. Yeah. Lil Wayne. Like, early 2000s it, yeah it seemed like there was no one could ever be bigger than wayne at that time i think but i think most formatively like for me if you're just saying pure utility or or pure like happiness of who who i enjoyed the most for sure like john mayer because okay. I, I rap but i also like vocally i think um singing and melody is probably my biggest passion within music and then drake for sure um, just his versatility, his longevity. I, I love Drake. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I mean, you said you were like, came from an immigrant family. So like kind of what was, what was your heritage? Uh, I'm Chinese. My family, okay. family immigrated from China. Um, they used to live in Bay Area and went to New York where I was born. And I guess like, I don't know how many, like, you know, how big rap was. I guess in their heritage and like when you were like, yo, I'm gonna be a rapper and like who is what was kind of like their point of reference for that? Uh their point of reference, I don't think they have a reference. I, I don't think they really knew. Like for me, I kept it mostly to myself. Like my parents growing up, they were lovers of music, and I think I got my love of music. I think some of that is innate and some of it is you get as you grow up in the household, but they played other music, like they played a lot of Nat King Cole, they played Simon and Garfunkel, they played classical music, like 80s, 90s pop music even. And so I got a good random splattering of, of music from them. But in terms of rap, I don't think, I think the only rapper my dad probably knew was like Tupac. Yeah. But you know what's funny now that you say that is they, um, they didn't really have a reference of hip hop and rap um but the other the other day like i was at home visiting my parents and i i heard um like 21 being played in my kitchen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and i was like who who's playing this music and i walked downstairs and my dad has uh a lot by 21 like blasting on his laptop while he's cooking 
I'm like, damn, dad, what? So I was asking, and he's saying because he listens to my music sometimes in the recommended. Oh, you know, stuff will pop up, yeah. So he'll listen to hip hop now because he's curious of like, he's still kind of building that sense of like, what is, what makes hip hop like, what's the different types of hip hop, yeah. why people like it, what makes it good. So he's kind of like delving into that now because of, I guess, my career path. But it's pretty fun. I mean, that's dope. That's, that's super dope to be like, I'm introducing yeah. my dad to like 21 Savage and shit like that. <laughs> it was, it was fun. So, um, I guess like in terms of like you Chinese and Asians rap, like, is there anybody that like came before that you like looked at and, and seen how they kind of did it? Obviously like early 2000s, the only people that really came to my mind were like MC Jin and like, I guess like China back and people like that. Mm. The only one that came to mind when you said that was was MC Jin, but he he did it on a he did it on a I remember listening to him back then just because as a kid, like uh, it wasn't necessarily that. I don't know. It's just I guess you're you're still kind of figuring out your identity. And as a kid who just had a love for rap and hip hop, I wanted to be able to look at someone and feel like like I look like them and I could do the yeah. same thing. I remember when I first saw Pharrell on in the uh driving like his hot video i thought he was like mixed or something like i i thought he was mixed or something yeah. like he had so i was like desperately looking for someone who would like look like me or i could relate to so jin was jin was like the only one that i really knew um but for me right now like i think i'm in a different place in my life now where yeah who i am is who i am and i'm very proud of that i don't try to play that card or make that in any way uh, a kind of point of like branding for me. Hey, everyone right. Chinese in this or Asian American in this type of industry. I think beautiful music is beautiful music. And if you do it with an earnest sense of passion and trying to give back to the, to the craft and do it with an earnest sense of passion, I think that should be enough. I don't want people to listen to me because I look a certain way or, find me interesting because I look a certain way. I think I'm just trying to make the best music possible. And I want people to hear the music first and say, I fuck with this. And then later on, maybe if they see what I look like, they're like, oh, that's interesting. But it should be off the merit of the music only. I, I try yeah. not to, you know, highlight the other stuff. I mean, but also like in Asia, there's like a really big growing love of like hip hop culture and whatnot. So like, have you ever like considered like, you know, tapping into that side of the market ever? To be honest with you, no. Um, I'm very, I'm very proud of my heritage, and um, I was raised in a very traditional family, and and that will always be a big side of me. Um, so I don't reject it, but I think it hasn't been a conscious strategy to really tap into that market mm -hmm. and really, because I think it would be easier for me if I'm being honest with you in the beginning, because uh, obviously someone who looks like me. Um, but kind of has that crossover yeah, sound, appeal. like yeah. you know, like I, I get that. But for me, I'm, I'm trying to be the biggest artist in the world. Period. Not the biggest artist in East Asia. And I think what yeah. happens if if me, just my personal feeling, if I really double down on that, you can blow up in Asia. But then it's hard for kids in Iowa or New York or Chicago or the Bay Area to really like relate to you. Yeah. Versus if I dominate. And, and capture the United States, I'm going to be, I'm going to be popping there anyway. So it's kind of like the Jeremy Lin effect. If Jeremy Lin was dropping 40 on the Guangdong Tigers, <laughs> no NBA would care. 
But if Jeremy Lin was killing it in the New York Knicks, everyone in China knows his name. So yeah. I think for me, it's just like, I care about being the biggest artist in the world, not necessarily finding the easiest, fastest path to being big somewhere. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. No. And I guess kind of like speaking about like your career and like how you kind of first blew up, like a lot of that had to do with like your use of social media and obviously like TikTok and going viral. And like, how did you kind of figure out that part of like the music scene? Because that's so important these days, regardless of how you feel about it. Like, having that ability to like have that reach on social media platforms like figuring out how to how to how to distribute and market my music online yeah, yeah. um i think it's just learning it on the job like for me the music can be good but if you have no ears to hear it uh it doesn't really matter right i mean to a sense i think great music if you build it, they will come type of thing. Like it will, it might take longer, but yeah. you'll definitely get there. Um, I think for me, what helped me was to be honest, just the reps. I think most people get it in their head. It's like, what's the, what's the best way to make content? How do I portray myself? How, where should we film this? Like, what's the filter that we put on it? What caption should I use? It's like all that, all that shit is um, my approach was post three to four times a day and post 500 videos. And I think most of those questions will be self-resolving problems. And it was like, for me, the first 50 videos probably didn't do much. And then you hit one and you're like, okay, what made this work? Was it the length? Was it the, the visual appeal? Was it the contrast? Was it partially because of the text that I wrote on screen? So I think me figuring it out was just um, trying a bunch of different things and trying not to worry about anything else, but I'm going to post three to four times a day and I'm going to try my best to make the most interesting content. And I think because I combined the volume with the fact that I didn't hire someone to do it for me. Like I write these songs, I see it from beginning to end. So the music is, I'm so connected with the music that I, I feel like I'm really in touch with why the music resonates with people because it resonates it's at the very, um, in the very beginning, it came from what resonated with me. Yeah. So it helped me make good content. And then I could just reiterate on that until something works. And then I think over time, I just learned what works for me. Okay. So like, what is your creative process when it does, when it comes to like creating a song or creating like music in general? Um, I don't really have, I, I'm kind of, a, I'm a big like flow type of person. And so for me, creative process is it could come a lot of different ways. Sometimes I start with the instruments. Sometimes I start with a you know beat that was sent to me and I just sing the melody. Um, sometimes I start with one line that inspires. It's kind of like a thesis in a sentence that inspires a concept of the entire song. I flesh it out. Like the only thing I try to focus on is uh, it's like you're surfing and you're trying to catch a wave. I don't worry yeah. about how to get on the wave. I just worry about being out in the water. Cause if you're on the shore, just looking at, wow, there's so many great waves I could be surfing. You're never going to catch a wave if you're not putting yourself in the position to do so. Yeah. And so for me, it's just important to uh, have creativity through consistency and action. So it's like just be in the studio, be in the studio every day, whether you're listening to beats, making beats, writing music, writing lyrics, and then the rest of it kind of takes care of itself. So that's really my process. Just get in the studio, figure it out okay makes sense i mean yeah. i guess also like how would you how would you kind of describe your your sound because you do hip-hop and rap but you also blend all these different 
like elements and genres and you know some people might kind of like kind of like poppy but you also have like some melody and you have some singing songs and you like you have a good mix of everything so how would you like personally kind of describe your sound to somebody who's like being introduced to you yeah um yeah it's it's kind of just a hodgepodge of everything that i like like i said i'm a big melody guy i i think um i mean if you were to just basically describe it i would say it's probably something close to like pop slash rap because there's sometimes some songs that i just 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 bars and just pure hip-hop and there's some songs that are like only singing and the ones that I think I like the most are the ones where it has melody uh, in the hook and then maybe uh, I'll get off some bars in the verses. So I would say pop rap, rap pop. But in, in the most case, I don't typically worry about genre. I hear something and if I ins- feel inspired, I write lyrics and I think about melodies and it kind of just comes out sounding how it sounds and never say like, oh, I got to I got to write. I got to make a, you know, yeah. like a 64 bar like shoot your face off type of record or like i do some chill like you know like driving music it's just kind of whatever i feel so how would you um like what do you consider what do you think about like the current like state of hip-hop and and the way it is now because i do see like a lot of other artists especially like people maybe you wouldn't expect like kind of tapping into all these other different genres for example like Lil uzi bird's like last project just came out like he's touching and all these different sounds. So like, how do you, what do you think about like, the current state of, of rap as it is today? Mm, I mean, as a fan, I think just music in general will always continue to evolve. And so you can't expect it to be the same that it was, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I think the reason, I think it's in a good place. I mean, there's always going to be good music and bad music, but I think in any era that you look, you're always going to get those too. But I think the best music and the best musicians um, from, from any stylistic, you know, arena or area can stand in, in any time period. And I think the way that things are kind of like melding together nowadays is probably because the generation of musicians, like my my generation of people, we grew up listening to like a lot more varied music probably yeah. than, than people who came before us. Only by the merit of like the internet and accessibility. Yeah, accessibility. So I think just the, the input is so much more varied that obviously you're going to expect the output to take, take on some form of representing that. And so... Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's cool hearing people put their own twist on things and like blending genres. Um, I'm also a purist too. So I like, I like people like um, Griselda and like Benny the Butcher, like people who just really concentrate on one thing and kill it in that. And I like people who, who bend genres as well. So I think it's a, it's an exciting time for artists. Who handles your production? Like who does, puts all everything together? Where do you get your beats from? Like, um it's it really depends i mean in the beginning i didn't really know anyone i in all of my songs i always co-produce all of my songs so i have okay. a hand in everything um there's a few producers that i work with now that i think our, our sounds mesh really well um so it's it's really kind of a mix to me i don't it doesn't matter where i get it from as long as i feel inspired by it and i think it sounds really good i'll use it so. okay i mean you said you grew up in the Bay Area, correct? 
No. Yeah, I mean, when I heard your sound, it was like you definitely had like kind of like a Bay Area kind of bounce to it and kind of feel to it. Like, is that something that just naturally comes with just growing up in that environment, or is that something like you think about like this is what I want to kind of like tap into? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think about it really. I think in music or in any form of the arts, like if you start intellectualizing it, that's when it you lose the magic, you know. So I think yeah. for me. Whatever it sounds like is just what I like. And yeah. what I like is probably just shaped by what I listened to and where I grew up. If you were to ask, tell me, like when you said that, I'm like, oh, interesting. I don't know. I couldn't really tell you where in my songs the, the Bay Area kind of influence actually sonically is. But I think that's cool for me to hear because I did grow up and I listened to a lot of Bay Area music growing up. Um, but yeah, I don't think about it. I guess it just yeah. comes out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Obviously, you've had some huge breakthrough moments in singles, and like I want to speak about like Eurostep. Like Eurostep was a really big moment for you in your career. Like that's mm-hmm. the one that kind of like I guess made you viral. And then and this one that I didn't even know you made it, but then when like it came to us in like our inbox, it's like oh, I've heard this song for sure. Like somewhere along the way, I don't even remember exactly where I heard it, but I heard it, and that's kind of crazy how like with the virality of like songs these days. So like, yeah. kind of could speak about that moment and like how that came about. Yeah, I mean, Eurostep was definitely a, a cool moment for me. Um, it's, uh, well, I mean, I had written the song. What happened was I wrote the hook and then I posted a TikTok, like some dumb, like five second TikTok of me just like banging my head to the beat because I was just like, this is so hard type of thing. And I put it on TikTok. And then the next morning, I had like 3 million views on the video. Crazy. So it wasn't even like, it, it was exciting, but it was more like stressful because it's not like I could have converted. None of those views converted to actual streams because the song wasn't out. So I saw it and I was like, shit, well, I only have a hook, so I got to finish the song and then like kind of piece it so people can actually listen to it. Otherwise it's just untapped like interest, which is just nebulous and it doesn't help me. So I ended up finishing it in like a day and I released it. And it actually, I mean, for how viral the song went, it didn't go that crazy for the first like four months. It was just, it did well. It was just kind of cruising along, Um, which is kind of like how my songs usually do. I I, I post them and then kind of build over time. I'm never the type of guy who like some crazy first week. I don't care about that stuff. But what ended up happening was Man U and uh premier league soccer posted it and i don't know anything about soccer so i didn't really those are two obviously massive (laughs) clubs you know yeah right i mean but i was kind of ignorant to that stuff and so i think fans were like tagging me and stuff like european fans and stuff so i would be like oh this is really cool and then i think i think that's what started the the snowball effect with the ugc and then it just started going crazy like um, it wasn't until like people that I had looked up to when I was kids were like posting the songs. Like, that was like a cool thing. So I think all yeah. in all, it was a great experience. I'm very thankful for it. Um, uh, I would be lying if I told you that I didn't see that coming. I Maybe not for Eurostep, but I think for sure, ever since I started this, I knew, that, I mean, sooner or later, this was going to happen. Like it was always been my plan for this to happen. And that's why at the same time, I'm grateful, grateful for it, but I'm not, uh, you know, the, the quicker things come, the quicker they go. And it's just a moment, you know, like little baby was talking about people who have hit songs. Like, it's just one record. 
right? Like, yeah. so for me, I'm going to be here forever. So I, I, I'm very thankful for it, but I'm careful to not get super high on it because it's just, you have to follow it up and you're going to have yeah. to keep it. So now I'm going to have, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 more Eurostep moments, and they're going to be bigger than this one. So I think I'm thankful for this one. It was a great experience. I, I love that it happened the way that it did. Um, but now I'm looking forward to the next one. Isn't that crazy though? Like the way kind of these viral moments kind of happen. Cause I've spoken to like a lot of artists who've had like, you know, big singles and big, big moments. And like all of them speak about how like they had like a demo or a rough, like whatever, and they put it out. And then that became like their most viewed or most watched moment. And then like, then like, oh shit, now I gotta like uh, put together an actual song for this one. Like it's kind of wild how that happens sometimes, especially nowadays where it's like the smallest thing you put out can like lead to like this huge wave of momentum yeah it's it's always organic too and you can and you the beautiful thing is you never really know which one is gonna is gonna go like for yeah. me the year that i put out uh when i put out your step before that i put out a song called better alone it was like it's like a pop song and i was i was so sure that that was yeah. the one that was gonna blow me up i was like i don't ever need to write a song again in my life like my engineer was saying that my whole family like all my friends were like this is the best song and it did okay, but it didn't, it didn't go crazy. And then Eurostep went insane. And I didn't see, I liked Eurostep, but I didn't see it doing this, like, to be yeah. honest with you. So it's never really what you think it is. And it's, you know, one little two, three, four second clip could change your entire career. It's just you know, crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Definitely wild. I mean, you follow that up, two more singles, Burn the Boats, Checks, Checks, you just put out um, the lyric video for, I believe, last week. So can you kind of speak to those singles and like following up Eurostep and like, what's the plans, you know, going forward with that? Yeah. Um, burn the boats and checks are both. I mean, burn the boats I released earlier this year. Um, that was just a really honest record about um, kind of my philosophy on, on how you should approach anything in your life. Like the, the saying burn the boats comes down to us from some of the greatest, like I'm, I'm a history nerd. It's so like comes down from some of the greatest generals, uh, and conquerors in history where they would just like set fire to their entire fleet as a way to demonstrate to their, to their army, to their soldiers, that there is no, there's no option B. There's no plan B. We're not turning back. Right. You either it's, it's about putting, going, moving forward and being willing to sacrifice anything for your goal, whether it means dying or, you know, dealing with anything, but except we can't go back. And so that was, one that um, I really liked, and that's that's one that's like like I told you, kind of the singing on the hook, but but bars on the verses. Checks I recently came out with, and um, I don't know. It's just a all of my songs are kind of these little standalone tidbits of like how I feel at the time. So it's just an honest record of like achieving success through hard work, consistency, dedication, not giving a fuck what anyone says or thinks, um, being unapologetically you. Um, and just like my mindset of where I'm at and, and what's to come. And, um, yeah, I, I like it because the, um, the, I think the instrumental is, uh, is, yeah, it's catchy and the, the low end really knocks, but I, I, hopefully, uh, people get a little bit of that, like, wow, there's that not pop, but like popular, like rap music where it's like anyone can vibe to this yeah. and you're, you don't want to think about it. You could listen to it and just turn up. But if you really 
you know, like examine and listen to it. There's, there's messaging there for people um, that, that has substance and hopefully people can, can take that from, from the song. And the video also kind of like, kind of pulled from like colors videos. I don't know if you watch any of those, like, is that, is that kind of an inspiration for what you were doing for? And would you love to like be on one of those videos? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be on colors. I will. I will for sure. And yeah, write that down. Manifest, let's manifest that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that'll come, uh, eventually, but I think for me, yeah, I mean, I seen, I'd seen some of those videos like in, in the YouTube thumbnails and stuff for us, honestly, the video wasn't supposed to be a video. What was, what that was, was a shoot with, um, me and my videographer, we went to a set to shoot, um, a bunch of short form content for TikTok and reels. Okay. And so what it was meant to be was, uh, just kind of like a, a visually beautiful background where we could just change the colors and do like a bunch of takes for all of my, all of my songs. And so we, we maybe did like three, three continuous takes for like seven or eight or nine different songs, just like going back to back to back. And we ended up doing checks and it was just a real, like, it was just a real natural thing while we were shooting. I was like, Oh, I got a new song. I'm super excited. Just like, did the whole take. And then if you see in the beginning of the video, that's his like genuine reaction of like, Oh, he had never yeah. heard it. Before. He was like, run that shit back. So we did it again in one take. And then we ended up going home and looking at it and being like, this is, this is really good. And so we edited it. I had this idea of getting the frame painting and the lyrics and stuff. So it ended up turning into a video, but it was just, it was just something where we were having fun. So. Okay. Yeah, it was dope. It was super dope. Um, okay. I guess I'm going kind to of touch on like speaking about lyricism and bars, like that's such a huge, well, you, it, maybe a little bit less these days, but it was such a huge part of like being a, a hip hop artist and a rapper is like your ability to spit and bars and like having lyricism. Like, so how did you kind of develop your, you know, the your rapping style, being able to rap, being able to put out bars? Like how, how did you develop that as an artist? Um, I think it's just, like who I listened to as a kid. Also, it's like what you gravitate towards in music, right? Some people just care about melody and some people just care about like beats. I've always loved writing and like taking pride in my pen. And I'm not one of those guys that could just go in the studio and not write anything down. Yeah. I treat the song as if you were constructing and writing like a paper or something, right? It's like, I put a lot of thought into the syllables and you know, the, the double entendres and like the way that it rhymes and it rhymes and schematics in the middle of the bar and things like that. And so I think it's just the combination of who I listen to and what catches my ear when I listen to music is I like to hear substance in bars. And I think what's one of the most beautiful things about hip hop is if you have a song like that, there's songs that I've heard my entire life and like the 20th time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't notice something that. else. Yeah. I think that's the cool part and, and gives longevity to, to these types of songs. So I think listening to artists and there, um, by the way, there's, there's artists like, you know, like J Cole, for example, where he's a, he's a prime example of someone who really like takes pride in his pen, but then there's also artists, crazy, crazy artists like Twista or tech nine that just like some of tech nine songs. Like if you really de delve into it, it's not necessarily like, every word has a meaning, but it's, it's the art of like 
lining up syllables and rapping super fast. Slow it's the cadence. Yeah. Flow and cadence. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's just like if you really love hip hop, you run across a lot of these artists who kind of are really, really good at certain types of writing. And I don't know, I guess I just it comes out in a way that that I like to do. It's kind of like my personal style. Did you grow up in it doing like high school ciphers and stuff like that? Oh, what, like freestyle in the yeah, you know, lunchroom, you know, everybody circled up, <laughs> rapping, yeah. sit, putting out bars or back of the party. Like everybody's like, yeah. yo, let me get on here. Yeah. In school, for sure. In school. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. But I kind of like I, that's just for fun. Like for me, uh, I'm the type of artist where like I'll never be like a freestyle artist. I don't claim to be the best. Like there's people who just kill at that. That's what they do. Yeah. It's yeah, that's, that's almost like a whole other art form of rap, you know. Yeah, it, it, it is for sure. It's completely different than from what I do. So I, for me, like, I'm the guy who like needs to like light a candle and like I, <laughs> I, I really like pour over these lines, you know. So that's that's what I love about music is is the is the part of, of writing, and I think that's one of my biggest strengths is writing. So yeah, I can't I can't claim that I'm like one of those guys for sure for fun, but I'm I'm not like that when it comes to freestyling. I mean, high school, we definitely had the kids that are like, they, they go home, pre-write everything, get it up. When that next cypher comes <laughs> yeah. on, they're like, yo, I got some fire for y'all. Like, knowing, knowing it's a fully pre-written, that, like, we know that's a pre-written, but you, you've been working on that some nights. Like, yo, I got something for the circle, like, next time. So that, that's definitely also part of, like, that culture and people, kids used to do that. That was, like, my favorite yeah. time growing up and, and rapping it about when kids were, like, loving to do that. Yeah, I mean, when you see me on, uh, like, Sway, in these shows and stuff, for sure it's going to be pre-written so i'm not trying to front and say it came off the top but i'm definitely going to write my shit so i mean you, you wouldn't be alone there's very few honestly like as many people lie there, there's very few people that can actually just go off the top like that crazy crazy okay so i mean you've had a lot of singles you've been putting out a lot of music over the last you know few years like what's your thoughts on like singles versus albums and playlists and all that uh, I think albums are important. I think albums, uh, albums, I think you, you need to earn the right to release an album. And I think albums are there to give back to your fan base and to give them a cohesive uh, piece of work that they can kind of listen to and, um, and enjoy. But I think if you're an artist in the beginning and you're trying to grow, releasing an album is just from a business and from a distribution point of view, it's just like not very smart. Um, I get the whole like, oh, I'm a purist. I need to like put the art first, but yeah, just like release the songs one at a time and make your make your music work harder for you. Because I think if you don't have the audience and you release an album, it's just going to fall on deaf ears and you're going to waste all of that time uh, and, and money and energy into just one release date. And nowadays, if you don't, if you're not, if you're not consistently like in people's faces, they forget about you super quick. And so if you're in, in kind of your growth stage, I don't think it's the smartest thing to release albums until you can command or earn the right to release that album to your, to your fan base. And so for me in the last three years, it's really been about making good music, but releasing in a way that's like, that's smart. So for me, it's just, I would, instead of releasing 16 songs in one, I'd rather release one by one. Yeah. Yeah, one one song at a time, and I think that's like at this point everyone knows that you know it would be kind of stupid to not to not do yeah. that. Um, I respect the album thing, but 
So for me, I think uh, it will come soon. Maybe like next year, I'll probably release an album. Um, I'd like to get a little bit bigger before I do that. Um, and then maybe like go on a tour, my first tour, and then release release an album and then then go tour. So. Okay, that was a little, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, um, what's the future hold for you? You're going to do like tour shows, you know, planning on hopping on any guest guest features coming up? Like what what, what what are people going to look forward to to West this year? Um, yeah, I mean, what people can look forward to is uh, always good music, um, purity of intention when I release my music, but it's just, it's always going to be something that I'm never going to release something that I don't think is good. And so I think what people can expect is more of the same, but on a bigger and better level consistently. It's just going to get bigger. Like for me, yeah, tour is tour is like uh, starting to get to a point where we have to start thinking about playing shows. I didn't want to be that guy who would go on tour just to get in front of people, to open for someone at the end and be like, oh, by the way, I go by the name of Wes. This is my Instagram. Yeah. There's just better ways to market. You can post to TikTok and get a million people to come to your page. So for me, like an album, I think you earn your right to tour. Once you have um, the gravity to headline your own shows at a Roxy, or will turn in LA, then you go do that. And so I think that time is coming up soon for us. We might start with a, you know, like a three to five city, like a small, a small tour, maybe like mm-hmm. a five city. Um, and then we go from there. But again, I think touring for me, when I do it, you can be rest assured that I, my motivation will not be for the money. It's not going to be because I care about the marketing because those things are taken care of and will be taken care of by you know better ways and so when i go on tour it's purely for the enjoyment of the music to meet my fans in person to give back to them for giving me a career and the thing that i love doing and so i don't want to tour until i can do that and so i don't want to lose the intention of what it's supposed to be which is it's for the fans you know it's not for you to make money or for you to market to people in front of people so yeah have you played? Have you done many shows uh, so far? Um, for my for my own original music, never, yeah. never, never, uh, never done my own show. I mean, like growing up, I've been in front of crowds, sang, performed, done all that stuff. So I'm super comfortable with that. But I, yeah, no, not. I made a promise to myself when I started that I wouldn't play a show until I could headline my own venue. So, uh, okay, yeah. All right. I mean, hopefully that's soon. Like, I mean, obviously everything we talked about, like, it sounds like you got everything kind of not figured out, but you're figuring it out and things are definitely moving in the right direction for you. And I think that a lot of the music that you're putting out is is, is great. And I definitely see why people are like kind of gravitating towards you as a music, as a musician, as an artist. And I, I think, uh, I think you got a bright future. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I think I just try to, I just try to, uh, treat it with respect and do it in a genuine way because it's like, it's what I love. It's my passion. Like we talked about touring. I think a lot of artists do things out of necessity because they either like, they don't make money off of their music. They don't own the masters. So they don't collect money off of their music. They can't live off of it. So they have to go on tour to play shows and it kind of dilutes and dilutes the intention. So for me, it's just, I, I set it up to where, I think I'm independent so I can do what I want and I want to do things for the right reason when the timing is right. And uh, it's important for me to have ownership. So I have the leverage to where I don't, I don't need anyone's money. I don't need anyone's resources. I could just do what I feel like is right. And I think that's the most important thing. 
but I appreciate the kind words. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, thank you for taking time out and talk to us. And, um, you know, if you guys are watching, wherever you guys listen to this, definitely go follow him on socials and wherever we put down in the links below and um, run those streams up. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. <laughs> I don't want to.